Welcome to Nahum Connections Podcast, Voices in Patient Access. Here, patients access professionals and industry experts contribute their voices about popular patient access topics, including career development and leadership, revenue cycle operations, healthcare regulations, and the patient experience. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review where you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Nahum Connections podcast. My name is Brenda Sauer and I am a member of the Publications Committee Chair and I'll be moderating this podcast today. I'm excited to moderate this conversation on finding your identity outside of work and patient access. Joining me today are two remarkable patient access professionals, each with a strong passion for their roles and their lives beyond work. I will also participating in the podcast. And just a little bit about myself. My name is Brenda Sauer. I am the Director of Patient Access at New York Presbyterian Hospital in New York City. I am a NAHEM member for the last probably a little over 20 years. I'm a past president, past chairperson for the Government Relations Committee, and I'm currently a member of the Publications Committee. I would like to have Wendy Roach introduce herself as another participant on the podcast. Wendy? Hello, my name is Wendy Roach, and I actually am a regional director for a top five healthcare organization here in the United States that has locations both in Illinois, Wisconsin, and Georgia, as well as North Carolina, South Carolina, and Alabama. So we have actually been expanding, and I have been in patient access for over 20 years. I have also been a part of NAHAM for 20 years. The entire career that I've had in patient access has been ingrained within NAHAM by attending conferences and being a part of the board, as well as being a chair for some committees on the board as well. And it's been a wonderful journey with Naham and patient access. Sean Buzzard, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be part of this conversation. And yeah, as you said, my name is Sean Buzzard, and I am a manager with Ensemble Health Partners Experience Team. Ensemble is the only revenue cycle company that has its own in-house dedicated experience team working to improve experience for both patients and associates. My first involvement with Naham was actually just prior to me coming into the role. I was actually working closely with our director, Susan Milligan, on an article for Mental Health Awareness Month. In that article, we established steps for creating a mental health movement. And then I followed up with another Naham article earlier this year called uh, Take the Coach Approach in 2023. And that one focused on establishing a culture of feedback in the workplace. So to start things out, we're going to talk about what are your passions or identities outside of your profession? So I actually have made it a point over the past, I would say, 10 years to find an identity that's outside of work. And I think a lot of times we get so wrapped up in, in things that are happening day to day that we start to lose our personalization, I guess, and we become the work identity because we're always at work. We spend more of our time at work than we do anywhere. And so I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> so 
I critically sat down and said, you know, what are the things that I truly enjoy in my life? And and those things are photography and writing and a volunteer service. And, and so I look for things outside of work to feed those passions to then be the person that I am today. And I think that that is something that's really important is to find passion outside of work because you don't want to be that hamster that's stuck in a wheel. You need to rest. You need to recharge. So. I agree, Wendy. Um, I too have a couple of different passions that have nothing to do with patient access, with hospital. I'm a nurse. Has nothing to do with nursing either. I am a very avid gardener. I am a dog person. So I do a lot of volunteer work in New York. I'm working with our local parks department, gardening for them, but they also have a couple of dog runs that I would have been very active in participating and fundraising and all of that. And something else that's very surprising, I live in New York City, <laughs> but I also own a farm in Vermont. Oh, so, great. Yeah. So I'm actually a part-time farmer too. So drive a tractor. And that is my, actually my happy place. There has nothing to do with healthcare up there, except maybe if there's a sick animal. But other than that, we're growing, we're, we're doing farm stuff. So this is, this is part of my passion and that keeps me sane from, and I have a whole new identity. I tell people, you know, where are you going for the weekend? And I'm like, going to the farm. And they're like, yeah. you drive a tractor? I said, mm-hmm. I drive a tractor. I work with animals. I do all of that. So yeah, it's, it's very, you guys said. I was just going to say, it's kind of interesting when you mention things to staff, right? And then they come back and they're like, oh, really? It's like, you don't have anything else in your life besides the fact of working with them, right? Exactly. So it's it's always really interesting the dynamic and the uh, some of the questions that you'll get from staff or the surprises on their faces that you do a, you do have a life outside of work. Oh yeah, they're like you do what? <laughs> Sean, what are you? What are your? What are some of the things that you do? Wow, I'm gonna I'll try to keep this short. All right, outside of work, I'd say I have I have many roles. First of all, I'm a husband. My wife Debbie and I have been married 30 years, and you know, 28 of those were in the military. So I would be nothing without her support. I'm I'm a proud dad. I have two great sons, Joshua and Ryan, and I'm also a veteran. I just mentioned that, right? I served just shy of 28 years with the United States Air Force and various role. You know, I was active duty. I was uh, just a reservist for a little while, and then I uh, was a dual status technician. Then I was back to being an active uh, duty uh, member again. And um, that, but I think most people, honestly, if, if asked the most, the two roles that I strongly identify with are a, as a coach and as a veteran advocate. Um, I've coached at many levels, youth, high school and college in team sports, lacrosse, track and field. But I've also worked closely with individuals um, as a certified health coach and a personal trainer through American Council on Exercise. And on the veteran uh, advocate front, I've worked promoting veteran wellness through several uh, veteran service organizations. And I'm currently heavily involved with Shoot Up for Soldiers, 
Shoot Out for Soldiers organization and Team Red, White, and Blue. Awesome. So are there specific skills or qualities that are developed in patient access positions that can be transferred or utilized in hobby, your volunteer work or other outside activities? And I'm gonna have to say, yes, there are. Um, taking on, you know, I'm, I'm, we're in, I'm in a leadership position in the hospital, I've grown in the hospital into more and more leadership positions. And that is transferred to the outside, especially in my volunteer work. I've used those skills to lead other programs and pro, uh, projects, especially with the parks department and also with you know fundraising for the dogs. Um, but I also take part of my healthcare background to the farm too. You know, when you're working with animals, uh, and translating that healthcare background to that, but also just being able to balance the the life that I have uh, from the farm and from from work. Sean, yeah, no, I absolutely believe that there are numerous skills that are transferable. Um, the first thing that le left out to me was the aided skills that we teach. Right, they acknowledge, introduce duration, explanation, and thank you, that that student group framework that we use for interaction with, with patients and, and our team, um, that would be, you know, you could really transfer those skills to any role. And, and then at Ensemble, we create the EAGs uh, we, for, or engagement advisory groups. And those are small associate-led groups that promote um, process improvement, team morale building programs, and community service projects. So I think, honestly, any any people that are involved in those engagement advisory groups are almost being like groomed to be great community impact people. You know, they're just learning how to do that with the healthcare facility, and that's something that they, that's transferable and they could do with any you know community service project. Wendy, I think more so for me, it's been the tools that you get as a leader that have been more transcending towards things that I do outside of work and in activities. You, the, the interactions that you have with somebody, the strategy that you have to uh, develop platforms and programs. And you know why aren't we using strategy in our personal lives? And so I started using strategy in my personal life. And, and so I, I think being able to develop those skills over the years that I've been in patient access with continually growing to the next level have been really the key to transitioning and transferring over to any hobbies or, or extra things that I do outside of work. Looking to grow your skill set and stature within patient access profession? Consider Naham's Certified Healthcare Access Associate or Certified Healthcare Access Manager the only patient access certifications that meet NCCA standards. Showcase your knowledge, problem-solving abilities, and dedication to your career by becoming NAHAM certified. Visit certification.nahham.org to learn more. Can you share any personal anecdotes or stories in fulfilling your identities outside of the profession? Yeah, so I, I think it's really, there's three key things that you need to remember in life. And, and that's one, you need to challenge yourself. 
Okay. Two, you need to live happy in happiness, not making happiness a part of the journey, uh, not the end of the journey. Right. And the other thing is to think outside the box. I mentioned strategy. So for example, um, you know, I'm a leader. I can't make friends with people at work because staff don't understand. They don't get it. They can't separate the two. So I said, you know, I'm an adult. It's hard to make friends. I am also not married. I have no kids. And so I needed to get socialization back into my life. And I said, well, what are things that I enjoy doing where I can make friends with other like-minded women who enjoy doing the same things that I do. And that's actually how I got my journey into pageantry. So I am Miss Plus Intercontinental 2021. I have been a part of pageantry because that's how I was able to make friends that with women that enjoy doing volunteer service, doing humanitarian service. And as a spinoff of that, I'm actually a model. So I'm a model in the curve market. I do editorial, commercial, uh, runway, uh, and fashion. And so that kind of evolved into something else. And then, so I think you start with something really small and you see how much you can get it to go outside the box and strategize to get to the next thing that kind of makes this interconnectedness in your life of things that truly make you happy. And so challenge yourself, live in happiness and think outside the box. I totally agree with you. And, you know, how I got involved on the outside into these various other projects is it was, as you said, it was something very simple. I got a dog. Where do you walk the dog in the, in the city, but in the park. And when you walk the dog in the park, there's a dog run, you develop a whole set of group of friends that are there because you're there every morning, every afternoon. <laughs> and you see these people twice a day, you get to know them. And from that, and it's year after, day after day, year after year. So you develop these relationships that now these are my total friends on the outside of the hospital. I mean, granted it crosses sometimes and they'll call me and they're like, Brenda, I'm sick. I have to come to the emergency room. I'm like, you yeah, come. So I take care of them there. But from that, you know, we develop these groups and then, oh, do you want to volunteer for this? Or we're having this fundraiser. Do you want to do this? And it's just snowballed throughout. And I have developed a whole new identity outside of work, surrounded by my dog. And then the whole farmer thing came about was my, my dad, you know, unfortunately he passed away, but my sister and I inherited a farm. So now we're taking care of a farm with my cousins, with the eventual hope that I'll retire there. But so this is how opportunity happens. Uh, and that's how you grow into the life outside of work. Work can't be 100% of your life. You've got to shut down. So Sean, what are some of the stories that you have for fulfilling um, your identity outside of the work? Sure. But before I answer, I just want to say that that farm retirement in Vermont just sounds in incredible. So I hope you're really looking forward to that. I'm sure you are. Uh, it sounds fantastic. Hey, raising goats and cow cuddling. That's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'll start off by saying like you would imagine, you know, from that coaching perspective, right? You would imagine like that from a coaching perspective, fulfillment would come from like championships or awards or 
some other type of external validation, but like, you know, for me, and, and I, I think many other coaches, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not about that. Right. It's about um, the connections that you make. And honestly, like the, you know, being invited to weddings from players that I coached in high school or in college, you know, when they're in their late twenties or, uh, or seeing them get their doctorate and, and, you know, when you, you put something on LinkedIn and congratulate them and getting a like, thanks coach you know, something back to, you know, from somebody that you had that connection with like 15 to 20 years ago. Um, that's really, to me, what, what being a coach is all about is just seeing people do well and succeed, you know, whether I always tell players, you know, don't worry about the wins and losses. If you're doing things the right way, like, you know, success will come and success looks like different things for different people. So just seeing people like, yeah, like have those great successes in the corporate world and, and just become great human beings is, is the, fulfillment from being a coach and working on the veterans front here's just a great example very recent just from last week right got home from a a trip uh with ensemble on friday we were out doing a site visit doing some facilitation and got home at like three o'clock on friday packed up the car drove to upstate new york and participated in a shootout for soldiers canon degua where in a 24-hour period we raised just shy of $85,000 for uh, veteran service projects, stuff that was going to go to some local charities as well as a national charity. And then just basically turn around and drive back home and get ready to go back, you know, get back to work Monday morning. I certainly wasn't well rested Monday, but I, I absolutely was fulfilled because, you know, where else can you say like you jumped in a car, went somewhere and didn't get any sleep and came back home, but like really you impacted lives, you know, with, with money going to um, help fund smart homes and service dog projects and things, all kinds of great things that, um, that veterans need. That's really impressive. I'm, I'm very super impressed by that. Thank you. Like what you hear on Naham Connections podcast, visit naham.org slash Naham Connections to catch up with the latest patient access content and insights from patient access professionals and industry experts. Self-care is very important. We need to have self-care. And how does that play in helping you maintain a healthy work-life balance and pursue your interest? Wendy, do you want to give it a shot? Sure. I, I actually, it's, it's really important to, um, have some self-care, uh, especially in today's world, you know, we have things that are coming at us from multiple angles and sometimes it's a little disheartening and, and, you know, a lot of people quite frankly are going through a lot of depression right now. And taking care of yourself, I think is really important to, get out of the monotony, get out of the depression, get out of the, you know, oh, here I go again. There's another day. I got to go to the hospital. I got to do this, you know? And so I think maintaining a balance, a nice balance as much as possible, because let's face it, there's no balance anymore. We're connected all the time. We have our cell phones, our emails from work go to our cell phones. And so I, I think it's really important, even as a re regional director or somebody that has to stay connected 24 seven, because you have 24 seven departments, you need to draw a line somewhere. And, and if it's, you know, adding gaps 
into your schedule. So then that way you can pursue personal interests and just kind of have some time to recharge. I think that's important to do. I cut my schedule Monday through Friday, four o'clock. I may stay at work until five or six, but I don't schedule any meetings after four. And the reason for that is to get that couple of minutes I need to finalize stuff from the day. So then that way, when I get into my car and I go home, I'm not still thinking about work and then open the laptop when I get back home. And I, and I think that's really important because it disrupts your sleep. I have, you know, staff, they, they get kind of nervous when they see a voicemail on, <laughs> they get kind of nervous when they see a voicemail on their, on their box that I called them at two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep, mm-hmm. you know? So I'll be like, oh, I woke up. I'm like, oh, I forgot to tell them this. So I'll leave a message or I call the emergency department. Those are always really good calls. When you call the ER at like two or three in the morning, you're like, hi, it's Wendy. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, I, so. I, I, I hear you. But I've also set those rules the opposite way for my self-care. Mm-hmm. I say to staff and, you know, to leadership and to everybody at work, the hours between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. are my time. It's when I need to rest and regenerate my energy for the next day. So that's my sleep time. I said, the only time you should be calling me then is if there's an emergency and you need to call me because I am not going to hear a text. I'm not going to hear the little sound that goes as a text. It has to be a phone call and the place better be burning down that you're calling me between these hours. And here's a little side funny story. I got a call one morning at quarter to five and I'm like looking at it and going, who is this? And it was our command center saying that there was a fire in one of our units and that it, could I come in? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So I did get that, get the, the, get the call that the place was burning down and between those hours. But those, you setting the expectations to everybody, this is what I need to do for my self-care. And setting that expectation is you don't call me between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m., because that's me time. Also, when I am at the farm, cell service, yeah, it depends on where I am. I mean, we have Wi-Fi in the house, but if I'm out in the field doing stuff, I don't have cell service up there in the hills of Vermont in every nook and cranny of the farm. So I may not be able to respond right away if you need to talk to me. I let everybody know that. So being able to shut off, I think that's important to everybody. You need to turn it off, shut it off and have your life outside of work and enjoy that part of your life. I don't ever worry about, you know, I got to answer the phone and all of that. If I have the coverage and if I develop my team well enough at work, then I don't need to worry about when I'm not there because they can handle any of the little things that happen day to day. Now, if it's a disaster or catastrophe or something like that, they know when to call me. We've set those expectations. So I think it's very, very important. Sean, what do you do for self-care? First off, 
I'd like to kind of reframe that whole work-life balance thing. I think we hear that a lot. It's one of those phrases we hear. And and I think, uh, you know, it was alluded to by Wendy there that's, that she kind of said something about balance. Um, really, what we're talking about is it's, it's more about equilibrium than balance, right? Because balance generally occurs when we're still and calm. Think about like a tightrope walker going nice and slow. And we wish we were all going, you know, at a, at a very slow pace. Like we're we're trying to deal with these things when we're, while we're kind of operating at higher speeds with tons of mitigating factors weighing in. And I think really, like it's a, think about an airplane, right? It's more about equilibrium, maintaining that that positive airflow, maintaining positive flow in a world where things are being thrown at us. And I, I can't take full credit of that. That's it was a discussion I was having like maybe like a month ago with our, the guy that runs Shootout for Soldiers, Eric Minio, and he's also co-founder of Alpha Echo Project. We were talking about work-life balance. And he just said, like, it's not a thing. It's because we're going so fast. It's equilibrium. And I just thought it was a great point. And I also heard something else earlier today about talking about work-life balance. And they were like, it really shouldn't be, right? It should be an imbalance. Like your your life is more important than your work. So it should be tipped in that favor of, of your life. I agree with that as well. I think the main thing, though, when we talk about this is just recognizing when you need time to step away, whether that's like for a brief moment to reset, refocus. You know, you guys all mentioned things you, you, you love to do, like, you know, being outdoors. You know, so if it's if you're having like a stressful day and you just need to kind of need to get outside and get that sunshine, that vitamin D, re refresh and refocus, that's important. Or maybe it's a longer thing. Maybe you just need that. It's time for a, a mental health day. You know, having that ability to talk to your supervisor, talk to a leader and say like, hey, I, I really need a day because like you alluded to, Brenda, you, some, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So sometimes it is important to get that recharge and and, and it's what your team needs to have everybody come back and be operating at, at full capacity. So Sean, what advice would you give to someone in patient access who feels overwhelmed or unsure about how to find their identity beyond their profession? I mean, One piece of advice. First and foremost, it's not be, uh, don't be afraid to speak up, right? To ask for help, ask for support. Again, the hardest part is being aware, taking that first step if you're overwhelmed with something. It's usually not as bad as we make things out to be. And there generally is somebody willing to be there, whether it's just to be a listening ear or to be that shoulder for support and really lean in and help you. Wendy, what's the one piece of advice would you give to somebody in patient access? Yeah, so I, I, you never know the impact that you will make on others, but the most important impact that you make is first to yourself. And knowing that you need to rest, recharge and reset is where you need to discover the journey for yourself. Totally agree with that. And also my piece of advice, the last piece of advice is to look what you are passionate about. Here are three individuals. We're three individuals. We're passionate about very different things, but we're passionate about them. And it leads to another life outside of what we do every day at work. It's very different, you know, so Farming, dogs, park, gardening has nothing to do with healthcare. Sean's passion, especially with the support that he gives to our veterans and Wendy on her pageantry and the ability to do all of that and the volunteerism that surrounds that, 
it shows that we are passionate about what we do, not only at work, but also outside. And it and it drives who our identity is, not only at work, but outside. So making, being able to find that identity outside of work. We all have it. We all have a separate identity outside of work. So I think that is just an amazing ability to be able to do that and encourage everybody to do. I want to thank you both very much for participating today. We appreciate you sharing your insights with the Nahum community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. I enjoyed talking with you both. The conversation continues on Nahum Connections. For more content specific to prior authorization and healthcare regulations, visit naham.org slash Naham Connections. That's N-A-H-A-M dot org slash N-A-H-A-M Connections. Want to access the white paper discussed in today's episode? Visit naham.org slash prior authorizations to download your copy. That's naham.org slash prior authorizations. Thank you to everyone listening today. Until next time.